Welcome to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. I'm Rebecca Bush, and I'm here with my mom, Ann Farnham, each week to talk about the truth in God's Word and how to apply it to our lives. In Hebrews 4.12, we read that the Word of God is alive and powerful. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Not only is the Bible powerful, but it's full of nuggets of truth, nuggets that help us have lives characterized by good fruit. As we share stories and end with an encouraging word from Scripture for your week, it's our hope that you will leave feeling full of courage and wisdom as you walk in God's truth. In today's world, we often compare ourselves to others. It has become especially easy to fall into the comparison trap since the invention of social media. With all this comparison, we allow our enemy, the devil, to jumpstart our negative self-talk. He often gets it started, but many times we are the ones who continue down the path. Join us today as we discuss negative self-talk and Shami, the stone thrower. Welcome back to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. Yeah, we're here again. That's right. We're practically pros. Yeah. Episode five. <laughs> Although I have to say, I looked at somebody else's podcast the other day and they had done 458 episodes. We have a ways to go. We do. <laughs> but we're, we're enjoying it, aren't we? We are. We're having fun. Yeah, it's been yeah. really fun to yeah. do this. So if you haven't found us on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us there at, mm-hmm. at Nuggets of Truth Podcast. And we try to put out our podcast on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and um, we try to post a little bit throughout the week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. find us, subscribe. Rate us five yeah. stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about how the enemy can sometimes use things that people say or thoughts, um, things that, you know, have been said about us to discourage us. And, and then we take that self or we take that, um, thing that's that been criticism said or whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. and then, um, take it with self-talk. So mm-hmm. I was thinking through this mm-hmm. and I was thinking about how, one thing that has always kind of made me feel self-conscious is the way that my voice sounds. I sound little. And that's fun because you're now on a podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how God works? Um, so when my sister was in college, she actually was part of like a mission group thing um, for the summer. And she called to order pizza for a big group of college students. Mm-hmm. She was probably 21 Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And the pizza guy was like, I'm sorry, can I please speak to your mommy? (laughs) Um, And my sister and I sound exactly alike. So um, that's always just been something that I've kind of, you know, taken and and sometimes have that negative self-talk about. And so... Yeah, it's common for us to do that. Yeah, I'm sure that everybody out there probably has had an experience like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. You know, we're going to talk about a uh, story in the Bible today that is from 2 Samuel 16, 5 through 14. And it is really a fabulous story. And I really wish we had time to just read the whole passage, but we don't. But I'll tell you, I have so been so intrigued by this story um, because I've always wondered, why in the world has this story been recorded in the Bible? I mean, what in the world does God expect for us to learn from it? Uh, You know, there's a lot of stories, Rebecca, that are so easy for us to understand why they're there. They're straightforward. I mean, some of them teach us to have faith, and some of us point to Jesus, and some of them teach us about the good news. Um, But this one... 
It's weird. Uh, I'm not and sure. Oddball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are we to learn? You know, it seems like the story is kind of a byline. I mean, it can be quickly overlooked. And, you know, I don't remember hearing this story ever taught as a Sunday school lesson. Do you? No, I don't. And even though I've read through Second Samuel before, I don't really remember it ever, like, you know, jumping, jumping out. out. It was just mm. kind of something that I glossed over. But we know that all scripture is good for us. Yeah. It says in Second Timothy 3 that all scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. So since we know that that verse is mm -hmm. true, mm -hmm. then the story has something to teach us. Yeah. So now we're going to mine for what it is. That's right. Yeah. So the story of Shimi is uh, kind of, as I said, fascinates me. But I'm going to read you just two of the verses from it today in 2 Samuel 16, 13 and through 14. So David and his men continued down the road and Shimi kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing as he went and throwing stones at David and tossing dust into the air <laughs> the king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. You know, sometimes as we're looking through scripture, we really have to do some digging to find a nugget of truth, mm. to figure out what God is saying and, and how to apply it. So just some background here. David was an overthrown or deposed king, and this was not like a highlight of David's life, no. not a good time for no. him. No. <laughs> he and his son Absalom were struggling over who would be king. Mm -hmm. And Absalom was winning at this mm -hmm. moment. And David had, he was on the run, escaped from Jerusalem, and had come to a town called Behurim. Yeah, and Shimei enters the picture in this little town. In fact, this is where he enters the picture in the Bible. And uh, now Shimei is from the tribe of Benjamin, and he's a relative of King Saul. And he is fuming mad that Saul's offspring has lost the throne to David. So he's, he's really upset, and he wants Saul's family members to possess the throne. Why was he so angry? Well, I think he was angry because, you know, he was part of a, a family who had been well-esteemed, you know, when Saul right. was, was on the throne. And all of a sudden, he no longer had that community importance, that standing, you know, that he yeah. had once had. It was declined in his station in life it deteriorated to a new low. And so Shimi, you know, became really irritated. Um, but for whatever reason, even after all this time, Shimi was still good and mad. Uh, he was steaming. He was boiling over with rage. And he determined that David was not going to leave this situation with a shred of dignity when the day was finished. Yep. <laughs> so in Shimi's mind, this deposed king should be humiliated. And that's exactly what he was convinced he would do. So, of course, we know that it really wasn't true that David had had anything to do with Saul being deposed, right? Right. But uh, Shimi was convinced that the result was from David, and so he was going to make his life pretty miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Shimi was not a very pleasant man. He was vicious yeah. and rude and insulting. And he wanted a confrontation with David in one way, but he wanted it from a distance, not yeah. at a close yeah. range. Yeah. Kind of like my kids and Nerf guns, you know, yeah. try to do it from far away far so they away. can run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what Shimi did, right? I mean, he's standing on the other side away from them, and he's slinging stone and dirt, and he's cursing David. And David is on the run with his mighty men. 
I mean, he's got them all there and they're like, you know, let's, let's put the, put an end to this, right? Let's stop this unpleasant attack that this guy's doing. But David says, no, he says, no, let him carry on. And so he allows Shimi to curse and throw stones and kick up the dust. And everyone, including those mighty men and David become very weary. And the scripture tells us that then when they finally got to the Jordan River, they stopped and then they refreshed themselves. Commentaries kind of give us can give us some insight into mm-hmm. our, into scripture and especially this story as to why David allowed Shimi to keep punishing him and his traveling buddies with stones and dirt and dust and why you would endure that. Um, some of them say that David had bigger fish to fry, like more important mm-hmm. things to deal with. Um, specifically probably what was happening with Absalom. Mm -hmm. And some say that David didn't fight back because he knew that God would take care of his situation because God always took care of his situations and circumstances. Right. And I think these analyses are probably really correct. Um, But I want to submit to you something here. By letting Shimi, his enemy, throw stones and dust and lob curses, David was allowing the enemy to wear himself out and his group. And the scripture tells us, he became very weary. I mean, can you imagine how tired and exhausted and fatigued these people were? I mean, they're slogging along. They're getting hit repeatedly by flying stones and debris. I mean, they had to duck every probably time. Probably their eyeballs. Yeah, probably. And they had to duck when this incoming shrapnel came. Uh, no wonder they were worn out. And by allowing their enemy to degrade them continually, David was allowing this exhaustion to set in. Yeah. Isn't that, we do the same thing though. We do. You know, scripture tells us we have this an enemy that wants to zap our strength and make us weary, but he can sling just one small insightful word at a perfect time. And mm-hmm. that can send us um, on our way. Mm-hmm. You know, we can sometimes start down a path of we're, we're stupid or ugly or a failure or fat or not a good Christian, um, ignorant, fake. And then we, you know, one word and then we just kind of take over and run with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do take over for him. Um, he's done his job and he can go home, but we continue to just pelt ourselves, right? With mm-hmm. these bad thoughts of, of what we think about ourselves You know, unlike Shimi, who stayed to irritate David, our enemy can just whisper a word to us and then he can just go away. And oftentimes we'll continue the job for him. Um, We willingly take his allegations and his indictments and and we just convict ourselves and condemn ourselves. You know, am I alone in this? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Can I hear it? Yes, ma'am. I've been there and done that. In fact, let me just tell you a quick story. Yeah. I think that this will help us um, cement this in a little bit. This is a story I actually wrote about in my book. Um, One day I was at the grocery store and I had bought some ice cream among some other things. And I was up at the cash register and the teller was, you know, checking me out and she's slamming my stuff around. And she seemed to be in a really, really bad mood. And I'll tell you, I I was a little bit on the ticked side, I got to say. But the Holy Spirit had one of those moments where he he just said, Anne, this is not not about you. Bite your tongue. (laughs) Yeah, bite your tongue. This is not about you. And so I just felt convicted to say, you know, you must be having a hard day. And she, she broke immediately into tears. And she said, yeah, she was having a really bad day. And for 15 minutes, she started to tell me about how bad the day was. You know, uh, the ice cream, of course, remember that I was buying is, <laughs> is melting as we're, as we're doing this. 
Anyways, I got a chance to share with her and to invite her to church and to do some of those things. And so later on, a month or so later, I was teaching a Bible study and I decided to tell this story because I was trying to uh, help them understand how it is that we can just feel the Holy Spirit just tell us this is this is the time to say this or whatever. So I was using it as an example and I told the story to a group of women. After the Bible study was over, um, a woman came up to me and she said, Anne, um, I just think that actually what the Lord was trying to tell you was to not buy ice cream anymore. And I just remember just taking a deep breath and and just feeling like an arrow had just hit me, yeah. you know? And all of my own self-esteem issues came into play in that <laughs> yeah. very moment. And for a while, I, uh, for the next few days, actually, I really struggled. I told myself over and over and over that I should not be teaching Bible study. I had no right to do that because I had enough issues in my own life. Mm. How sad, right? Yeah. But that's what the enemy does for us. Um. We've all been there and we've done that. Yeah, for sure. You know, Rebecca, just like David and his crowd stopped and refreshed themselves, we've got to do the same thing too. Yeah, let's talk about some actions that we can take um, to stop this sort of attack and to find refreshment. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, the first thing I think we can do is to realize where the attack is coming from. Right. I mean, you know, our enemy, as we talked about, is looking to devour us, right? That's right. And we talked all about that in our episode called Pickpockets. Mm. So if you missed that one, you can go back and, and listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I think is that we, you know, we and I talk about this all the time. It's just <laughs> a huge on my heart, but we need to spend some time in God's word. And let the Holy Spirit guide us into words of truth about your position in Christ. You know, there's a lot of lists out there. You can find, you just put your position in Christ and Google it and you'll get lots and lots of um, ideas about it. But that would, that's, it's so important that we actually consider what our position in Christ is. Um, another one is to memorize the words of truth that speak to your specific baggage. Mm. So the things that you specifically struggle with, whether it's worry or, um, you know, past sin, whatever it might be, um, targeting those specific things. You can, you can also put them on, um, like note cards and have them around your home. Mm -hmm. This is something I even do for my kids. If they're really struggling with something, I'll write a couple verses down for them and then they have them to read like at night in bed if they're scared or I actually saw those the other night when I was babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. They work really well. That's cool. You know, uh, I memorized a scripture when I was moving to Paris. And I'll tell you, that scripture came in to play so often in my life. And since then, it has too. And it's 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. You know, and it's about the the idea of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so if you're looking for a scripture to memorize, that is one you need to know. Yeah, that's a great one. Mm Mm-hmm. Really encouraging. So um, we also need to employ the words of truth from Scripture. And when I say that, I mean we need to say them out loud. Mm. So sometimes, you know, we we just think them in our head. But I think it's really valuable to say it out loud. And sometimes I lay in bed at night and I'll just be, if I'm memorizing Scripture, um, which I usually 
hold something next to my bed that shows up the scripture that I'm memorizing, I'll lay there and just repeat it out loud, you know, a few times. But, you know, it's good for me, but it's good for the enemy, too, because he hears that I know those words, right? right? And that is so powerful. Yeah. Um, another way to refresh ourselves is maybe to turn on some music. I I love doing this. I think it kind of changes the tone of your whole home even. Mm-hmm. And worship music is just an excellent tool. We can You can dance with your kids. You can sing it out loud. It focuses you on the Lord and usually takes our brains off of um, that negativity or whatever is mm-hmm. going on in them. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I also just love is journaling, and it has just become a very important part of my time with the Lord. Um, There's days I don't, um, but for the most part, I just buy a composition book, and those are what I write in. And I just start out, you know, Lord, teach me from your word today, and, and then I just write down what I'm learning. But here's the thing I think that's so important is the next time that you have a situation where the enemy has has maybe gone after some of your baggage by making accusing you of something, and then right. you've taken that self, you know, negative self-talk and just run with it, journal about it, and then journal about how God feels about that and what it was that you did that freed you from that attack because the next time it happens you can then open that journal and see how God worked in your life and Mm -hmm. it reminds you it's very very powerful and before long the enemy is going to be the weary one oh yeah (laughs) in Isaiah 40 it says have you never heard have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of all the earth he never grows weak or weary No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Thanks for joining us on the Nuggets of Truth podcast, and we hope you feel encouraged this week to look into God's Word for your own Nuggets of Truth.